With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Across the Pond. So glad you joined me for another week of American sports. Um... Got a great show lined up for you today, going to cover a lot. Um, just to make you aware, um, we've started a fantasy football league. Um, I've put some links on Facebook and on Twitter uh, talking of that. Um, you can get us on Twitter at um, ATP Sports Pod uh, on Facebook. Just search for Across the Pond Sports Pod. And on email, atp at cjd.me.uk. Um, just want to say a big shout out to everyone who's been listening to the show. The show's doing really, really well. Um, more and more listeners every week and a lot more feedback coming back every week and, and some really nice comments and um, been really pleased with uh, the shows that have been put out. Uh, last week's show with Joe has went down really well. Some really good feedback on the baseball segment that he did. Um, really proud of that. Um, a lot of people saying they weren't interested in baseball before but actually he made it sound very interesting so um, hopefully some more baseball fans come from the UK. Um, so like I say, loads going on. Lots to come, so uh, let's get on with the show. Right then, so what we're going to do is we're going to start off with some uh, news from the NHL. Um, they're in the midst of their playoffs. Um, two teams um, at the moment have managed to get through uh, to the next round of those playoffs. Um, so uh, Vegas um, Golden Knights, they managed to see off the Chicago Blackhawks four games to one in the first round so they have progressed um, also progressing um, are the Tampa Bay Lightning um, 4-1 also um, there's quite a lot of uh, 3-1 matchups going on just now uh, so Pittsburgh um, they're 3-1 up uh, sorry Philadelphia sorry are 3-1 up um, the New York Islanders are 3-1 up against Capitals uh, Boston are up 3-1 against uh, Carolina um, and uh, Dallas um, are leading theirs 3-2, so they've played an extra game. I think they've just finished, actually. Um, and Colorado are up against Arizona 3-1 as well. Um, so there's quite a few 3-1s, so a lot can be decided in the next two days um, in terms of who's moving on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, one matchup that 
does seem to be going on, it's tied at the moment uh, to a piece, uh, so two games apiece, is the Blues and the Canucks. Um, so that one uh, is ongoing um, and probably will last uh, a little bit longer, um, but hopefully um, they can uh, get that one done soon um, so that the rest of the playoffs can continue as well. Um, it looks to have been quite a, a bit of a bumper um, playoffs, lots of overtimes, lots of close games. Um, uh, we did have a, a five overtime game um, that finished 3-2 between Tampa Bay and Columbus. Um, they also had a, uh, another overtime game it was game five, finished five four. Um, games, if you if you look through the scores of the the first round, have been really really close. Um, so, although a team might be winning their series at the moment three one, doesn't necessarily mean that the other team have been playing particularly badly. Uh, Islanders have been uh, winning by one or two goals. Um, when they have been winning, uh, Washington won their game three two. Um, so. Uh, it is a very tight race, it looks as though, in round one. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, play out um, for the first round. Um, and we'll look forward to the second round matchups. And I'll try and have a bit more of a, a preview of those second round matchups um, when they come. Uh, some news coming out of the WNBA uh, the other day, uh, Monday. Uh, the WNBA announced uh, that uh, themselves on Twitter. Um, had um, got a schedule of 10 live regular season WNBA games uh, which will be streamed on Twitter. It is a deal that's been running uh, for the last few years uh, but this is really an extension of that deal. Uh, their partnership is their fourth consecutive year and that there'll be games will be available on that platform. Um, so well done to the WNBA. They're trying to get their, their product, if you like, out there. Um, we only seem to be getting one game on Sky Sports here in the UK. Um, so if you want to watch women's basketball in the UK, it is more than likely that your best route uh, of getting that is uh, going to be through their league pass option. Um, I think it's about £16 uh, for the remainder of the season. So a uh, pretty good deal uh, if you are into women's basketball. Um, looking at women's basketball um, and what's going on in the league, um, they're having a, a, a great kind of season there's a, a great bit of uh, competition going on um, at the moment uh, in that league um, Seattle at the moment are 11-1 and one. Um, they lead uh, the lead um, the Seattle Storm are really just cruising along um, they went on a, an 8 game winning streak uh, sorry 9 game winning streak um, and, and have really just looked the part of a champion um, they're obviously not going to have the, the Washington Mystics in the playoffs as, as a contender by the looks of it they have really struggled they're 3-7 and seven. Um, obviously they're without um, Elena Deladon um, who's the MVP uh, it looks very much as though um, uh, Brianna Stewart um, is, is doing a cracking job for Seattle um, and with Sue Bird returning as well um, they, they just seem to be a, a force um, this season. Um, Las Vegas um, Aces they are sitting eight and two. They've um, yeah, sorry eight and three. Uh, they just lost. So um, they did have a seven win, uh, seven game win streak, um, which was going well. Uh, it was second, uh, the second best record in the in the league at the moment. Um, the last three wins that they did have as well were by double digits. So um, they are a team. 
on the up. Um, in third at the moment, uh, well, kind of joint third with Minnesota is Los Angeles. Uh, both teams are seven and three. Uh, the Sparks have, have been doing particularly well this season. Um, they've got Candice Parker. She is obviously the, the leader of that team, really. Um, she is such a big part. Um, but they, they're also getting help from Rakina Williams and Sydney Wise. Um, so a, a team that's probably on the up. Um, and I think they'll they'll finish the season quite strong. Um, I'm going to jump to the bottom of the league. Uh, one team not doing well. Don't know if it's something to do with basketball in New York, uh, but New York Liberty not doing well at all. Uh, one in ten um, as they stand at the moment. Um, they really struggling. Um, like I said, I don't know what's with New York teams, um, but they they're just not competitive uh, whatsoever. Um, is their worst season? Um, they've had for quite some some time. Um, I actually think it is their their worst season, um, to date. Um, they they committed twenty seven turnovers uh, against LA. Uh, turnovers kill games. Um, you hear coaches talk about that all the time. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Turn over the ball, you're gonna lose the game. So, um, sadly, um, they they they've not done too well. Uh, some big news though here on the podcast is the WNBA playoffs are going to be starting around uh, mid-September. Um, so great news is that I have a, a very, very special guest coming on um, who's going to do that preview with me. Um, so um, all I will say is that she is in the East Coast um, and uh, she is looking forward very much to coming on the podcast uh, and having a chat with me about WNBA basketball um, and previewing uh, the playoffs that uh, they'll have coming up in September. Major League Baseball is continuing, um, and actually we're getting some really great action um, in Major League Baseball at the moment. Uh, some really cracking games. Uh, we've seen a couple of grand slams in the last week. Um, some really interesting uh, stories are coming out. Uh, one story that, that caught my eye is uh, it was a rookie pitcher uh, for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. It was his very first game, and he went out and set a record. It's not a record that you would want to set. Um, Ramirez um, set a record of being the first pitcher in Major League history to give up four straight home runs um, on a debut. Um, so the way of looking at it is he's still in the major leagues um i don't think they're going to um do anything fire him or anything like that for for one bad game um it's obviously nerves have maybe got to him um i did see some of the highlights of that game um and i think after the third one maybe his head was starting to drop a little so hopefully he gets his head back up and and the team get behind him um and it'd be good to see him uh, do well um in, in the future um as long as he's not playing uh, Oakland um some other um news um on the grand slam stand um a, a couple of weeks ago i mentioned that Oakland A's uh, had scored a grand slam um let me explain what that is again um so Basically, a grand slam is when you have um, a player at each base, um, so the three bases, and then your next batter comes up and he hits a home run. 
So he hits a home run, which means you get four runs. Um, so all you guys, uh, they're on bases all come round, and then obviously you guy with the home run. So that is a grand slam. Um, so Oakland A's have managed to do it again. Um, so they did it the other day. Um, they are now tied for most grand slams in a season uh, with the Cleveland Indians and Atlanta Braves. So if they were to get another one, they would have the most grand slams in a single season. What'd be even more amazing is they do it in a season where there's only 60 games, not 162. So this isn't a stat that happens very often, uh, this Grand Slam. Um, so it is exceptionally good to see that the, the Oakland A's are, are, are playing particularly or have been playing particularly well. Um, what we'll move on to is Aaron Judge. Um, he is a New York Yankee. Um, he is not particularly happy at the moment um so he was put on injured reserve um and he came out um at the beginning of the week and said he was hoping to be activated by saturday um however aaron boone the team manager um doesn't feel so confident um he basically said to the media that he hoped so uh, the judge would be back um he said that on tuesday afternoon um and basically said that they would um review him again um, as the week goes on. Um, it looks very much as though um, Aaron is still on injured reserve um, and isn't looking... Uh, so this is Aaron Judge, not Aaron Boone. Um, Aaron Judge is still on injured reserve and it does look as though that he will remain on there for the foreseeable. Um, Judge, I, I think what he'd basically been saying on Baseball Tonight um, was he's fit. He's healthy. He's ready to go. Um, but for whatever reason, the Yankees ha- have decided to to pull him back. Um, and say, oh, no, you know what? If you're uh, not feeling 100%, then let's not go. Now, the Yankees at the moment are 16-7 and, and seven, um, in the league. Um, so they have, they have been doing particularly well, uh, especially at home. They're 10-1 uh, at home, 6-6 um, six and six away. So maybe it is that they're doing well. They don't want to mess up their rotation. Uh, that's that's certainly one theory. Um, another theory is that baseball teams seem to be uh, not too fussed for this season. They are resting players. Um, and players that have said, well, I mean, I'm injured, but I'm not that injured. Um, Houston Astros have, have had a lot of injuries um, to pitchers, and in fact, talking about injuries, right across the the major league, they have really struggled with keeping pitchers healthy. Um, a lot of pitchers have been going down the route of being injured for whatever reason, and it's it's been different injuries, and some uh, have actually had to go and have surgery. Uh, some have have you know they're just on injured reserve at the moment. But one thing that has been noticed is that the injuries at the moment, um, where you compare them to the last two seasons, for pitchers alone, is three times higher than that of the last two seasons combined. Um, There's something like 90-odd pitchers that are out injured um, throughout Major League. Now, you've got 30 teams there. um, So that's like two a team, basically. Um, So we'll we'll have to see um, how that plays out. Um, It's a strange one. Um, and like I say, it, it does seem that if there's any issue with a particular player, 
Um, he is just not uh, injured reserve. There you go. Um, having a quick look over uh, Major League. So we mentioned that Yankees are 16 and 7. They did lose their last game. Um, so they're 73 in their last 10. Uh, doing really well. Top of the AL, uh, the American League East, um, ahead of Tampa, um, who are a, a, a team doing very well as well. They've won their last three games. Um, they're sitting 15 and 9. Uh, moving on to the Central. Of the American League, uh, the Minnesota Twins uh, continue to do well. Um, they've won their last three. They're sixteen and eight at the moment. They do have the Cleveland Indians um, breathing down their necks. Uh, they're fourteen and nine. Um, they've won their last four. Um, also, the Chicago White Sox are not too far behind. Um, and the American League West, um, Oakland have uh, struggled. Uh, against Arizona uh, in their series, um, they've lost the last two games, uh, so that's uh, they're sitting sixteen and eight. And before this week, uh, when you looked at the league, Houston were were miles away. Uh, they're not now. <laughs> they're two and a half games behind. They've went on a six game win streak. Uh, they've really done really really well to pull that off. Um, like I mentioned, with all the injuries that they've had, uh, to pitchers, it's a really good job by them. Uh, moving on to the National League East, the Atlanta Braves are braving it. Uh, they are 14-11, and 11, so they've got a good win percentage there. Uh, they've lost the last one. Uh, Miami's good fortunes seem to have dissipated. Uh, they were on a good win streak um, once they actually got to start playing baseball. They're now 9-8. and eight. They lost their last four, where you've got the... Uh, Philadelphia Flyers and the New York Mets who are now all winning games um, so I think we could soon see uh, Miami start to to drop another big injuries in that league uh, is for Washington Strasburg the pitcher uh, the big pitcher uh, he is out um, it looks as though for the season uh, again another pitcher big big name pitcher that, that isn't going to be playing much this season uh, in the uh, National League Central, uh, Chicago Cubs, the Cubbies are are doing it well, fifteen and seven at the moment. Uh, they've had some big wins. They, they've won their last two. Uh, they're playing uh, St. Louis at the moment, so uh, they've they're certainly in into their season into stride. Uh, Milwaukee uh, is ten and eleven, uh, so they've lo- they just lost the last one. It's not a a league that's doing particularly well. Uh, Pittsburgh are four and fifteen, so uh, it's not as I say, not a league that's doing particularly well. But one team that is doing very, very well, a team that maybe struggled um, to to find its feet in the sixty game season was the LA Dodgers. Uh, the LA Dodgers uh, have turned up. Obviously, they've won seven in a row. They sit at the top of the National League West, eighteen and seven. They've just done a magnificent job uh, to turn themselves around. Um, Colorado Rockies were were looking really, really good, um, but they've now dropped off. Uh, a team that is really pushing uh, to get into that um, wild card spot is Arizona. They're currently playing uh, the Oakland A's, uh, and and they're doing really well. Uh, they've won the first two two games of that series. It's a four game series, uh, so it's it's really on Oakland to to really. Uh, start to push off there. Uh, Oakland last night lost six runs in the second inning. So in the second inning, it was 6-1. Uh, the game finished 9-1 uh, uh, off the top of my head. Uh, so it wasn't a great night for Oakland. Uh, their their first pitcher came up. Uh, and like I say, second inning, he lost four runs. Uh, and then they 
manager Melvin took him out put in another pitcher he lost two runs uh, so yeah it, it wasn't a great start to a baseball game and and they just could never really get clawed back um, and it was a real real shame for the Oakland A's who have been doing pretty well um, this season like I say they are top of the American League West so a um, lot of baseball still to be played uh, really looking forward to this season it is, it is really ramping up now um, I, I really just hope that the injuries are something that that comes to an end uh, because it is starting to look as though big pictures are, are just being taken out. Uh, be interesting to see if that's because of it's a shortened season. Many people in the media, many people, many fans uh, have said uh, there'd be an asterisk against this season because it is such a short season, uh, a sixty-game season. Uh, I think it's only ever done been done once before, so uh, it is such a short season that yeah, a lot of people saying there's an asterisk. So maybe teams aren't really into winning it this season they maybe instead of playing their big players what they're going to do is they're going to give the younger players an opportunity uh, to play certainly I've seen that around Major League where young pitchers like the, the rookie who threw five home runs um, are getting more of an opportunity because these bigger names are out so have to wait and see how that one works out Okay then, so let's look at the NFL. A couple of big stories um, out of the NFL this week. Um, Jason Wright, a former NFL running back um, turned business consultant, has been named the new president of the Washington football team. Uh, the team announced on Monday um, and a bit of fanfare um, around this announcement as well, uh, probably because he's the first African-American to hold such a position in the league ever. Um, he's also very young. He's 38. Um, he played seven seasons in the NFL uh, before retiring. Um, he's worked uh, for a consultancy firm um, ever since um, retiring. Um, he's got no experience working at an NFL team. That, that's something that's pretty pretty new. Usually you get someone who's worked an NFL team and worked their way up. Um, but um, he has um, obviously got connections in the NFL. Um and his responsibilities are going to be for the full team, um, all the way from operations to finance, sales and marketing. Um, so he obviously, in the consultancy firm he's been working in, uh, McKinsey and Company, he's obviously been doing um, the kind of things that you would expect um, in terms of a, a president of uh, operations. It's great to see. I think it's a, that franchise, the Washington football team, uh, formerly the Washington Redskins are going through quite a big change. Uh, so I think this is a, another welcomed change to that. Um, and I think there's going to be more significant changes, um, not just around uh, the Washington football team, but I think around the league as well. Uh, I think it's uh, something that um, I know that the owner, um, Snyder, um, had kind of resisted the change uh, of name to the team um, for about two decades. Um, he finally gave in to that, and, and that was great news. And I think this is just a, another big step forward uh, for the Washington franchise, and hopefully they can kind of just build upon that and, and put everything else behind them and, and move forward. Um, certainly that would be the hope. Um, the other big um News in the NFL comes from my team, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, sadly, um, when a player is injured in the NFL, 
um, it it usually leads to him being waived or moved on or especially if it's like a a season ending now what has happened with the Dallas Cowboys is all pro uh, Gerald McCoy suffered a a ruptured quad uh, putting his 2020 season in the books already before it even started Dallas then released him uh, a day later uh, via the injury waiver that they're allowed to do McCoy had only just signed a three year deal worth 18.3 million that is a massive deal it was signed in late March uh, but he did have a stipulation that if he got injured uh, the club would cut him uh, and they have it, it's one thing that about the NFL that I really do not like McCoy is going to keep uh, a 3 million dollar bonus um, that he had received so he gets to keep that but this is really one thing about the NFL that I don't like they are. They always say, "Oh, we, you know, we think about our players. We think about our players." But at the end of the day, you don't pay your players. You don't guarantee very many contracts. The only guys that get guarantees are the top earners, um, and that's to make sure that they stay at that team. But the yeah, I mean, and to be fair, this guy's an all pro. Gerald McCoy is not a, a rookie coming in. He's an all pro, very experienced, and they've just waved him and and said goodbye and. That, I mean, I know it was a quad and it puts him out for a season, but there's going to be next season. I mean, that was a three-year deal. So maybe you eat some of that contract for a year and then you get two good years out of him. But the Cowboys, sadly, uh, have decided to go another another way. There is obviously um, issues with uh, the cap, uh, the salary cap that they have in the NFL. Uh, so I think they get a bit of relief on that by putting him out as an injured player. Like I say, don't like it um, because I don't think players get a fair rub in the NFL like they do in maybe the NBA. Uh, If a player is injured, his his, his contract is guaranteed. Um, John Wall of the Washington Wizards, he has been out for about two seasons. Um, Just before he went out injured, he signed something like a a $200 million deal uh, with the Washington Wizards. He's being paid. So why can't the NFL play? It's maybe because each team has about 50, 60 players uh, on that team. Uh, so there's a, there's that element of such a, a, a number of players. I mean, you probably it wouldn't be sustainable if you had 20 players out injured and you were paying all their salaries because you have to bring in replacements for them as well. So hopefully um, the NFL can move along with this and, and try to reform something. Um, it's pretty sad. I mean, the season's almost upon us it's only a few weeks away training camps are well underway um, and and teams have uh, started contact drills um, uh, seeing the Rams have started doing things with helmets on so I'm really hoping that we get a good season not been too many opt-outs in terms of players Uh, we have had opt-outs in terms of referees in the NFL a few referees have opted out of this season um, because they could uh, obviously they had their own concerns the NFL didn't release any kind of news on as to why they had decided to opt out but certainly um, it looks as though for the moment um, in terms of the season it's all, all going ahead there has been some news released tonight that the NFL are looking at a bubble but not for the season it would be a bubble for the playoffs 
so that'd be quite interesting to see. There's not too much news come out about it as yet because it has only just come out in the last hour. Uh, but hopefully we can see an NFL bubble of, of sorts, at least for the playoffs, um, if nothing else. I do think that the NFL have to learn from Major League Baseball who have had massive issues uh, in terms of COVID-19, teams having to postpone games and so forth. I don't think an NFL season would cope um, as well because they they have a week between games. So you maybe could slip in a game a couple of days earlier or a couple of days later. But I think especially for viewing figures as well. Everyone's going to be watching the NFL on TV, so viewing figures are going to be up. Um, We've seen that across the NBA, Major League Baseball, WNBA. Viewing figures are up, Um, so long may may that continue as well, because that makes these TV deals just that bit sweeter. So uh, we'll certainly keep abreast of uh, the NFL. Um, Hopefully have uh, a couple of guests coming on to talk NFL. as we get closer to to kick off uh, in a few weeks. The NBA playoffs are well underway. It started on Monday night uh, with the Utah Jazz uh, taking on the Denver Nuggets. Um, Much like uh, the seeding game, this ended up going to overtime, just one this time. Uh, The Nuggets uh, were successful. They won 135-125. Very, very high scoring game. Uh, Donovan Mitchell scored 57 points um, in that game, uh, which was great, great for him personally, um, but it was still a loss at the end of the day. So uh, Jokic uh, was on fire, um, as was uh, Jamal Murray. He uh, really turned it on um, in that game. Uh, He scored uh, 37 points, um, so he was really. Uh, on fire, especially that last quarter. Uh, it was thirty six points he scored. Um, he scored about twenty. He scored twenty five, twenty to twenty five of those in the fourth quarter. Um, really, really was a cracking game to watch as well. Um, it was quite close up until the fourth quarter. Uh, the Nuggets just had too much um, firepower uh, ongoing. Um, at the moment, as I'm recording this, uh, the Jazz are currently playing game two uh, against. Uh, the Nuggets, um, that is going a very different way from game one. Um, Donovan Mitchell hasn't scored 57 points, um, but he is leading this team uh, to victory. He's got 30 at the moment. It's in the fourth quarter. There's about six minutes left. It's 118 to 92. So I'll give you <clears throat> some updates on that as we go and hopefully have a maybe have a bonus guest at the end. Um, <clears throat> uh, the Toronto Raptors uh, took on... Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, 134 to 110, that one finished. It was a pretty kind of game that you would expect uh, from Toronto. Very measured attack. Um, they didn't they didn't do anything outstanding, but they just did everything right. Um, and, and that's what you would expect from them. Um, the Nets, a bit of an upstart, um, trying to mix it in the playoffs without two of their big stars. And, and it's something that they can be proud of and making it to the playoffs in the manner that they've done. Um, some uh, sad news coming out of the Boston Celtics uh, Philadelphia 76ers series. Uh, Boston did win that game. However, um, Gordon Hayward uh, left injured. He's going to be out for three weeks 
um, with uh, that injury. That is, that's quite sad. It, it's not the ankle. Uh, he rolled his ankle, but it's not the ankle that he broke uh, a few years ago when he first joined Boston. Uh, so that's a bit of good news, and it's just listed as a sprain. So three weeks, though, to come back, um, get him rehabbed and, and back on the floor. So he, he's going to be out for a while, but at least he is going to be back. Uh, that's the important thing. Um, so for last night's game, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave the Magic Milwaukee game uh, to the end uh, for the sole purpose is that I want to make sure that I do it justice. Um, I'll just quickly uh, cover off the Mavericks Clippers game uh, just before we move on to last night. Sorry. Um, so the Mavericks um, had Persingas um, technicaled out of the game for pushing or not pushing um, one of the Morris twins. It, it was a very slight. Uh, a, I didn't agree with it. Certainly, uh, the media in the States haven't agreed with the, the call, uh, but Persingas was escorted from the court. Um, I'm going to be honest, I think the Clippers would have won this game anyway. Um, it was a tight game. It finished 118-110 to the Clippers, but you did get that feel that the Mavericks were going in there to really uh, be physical with the Clippers and, and not give them uh, the game uh, very easily. Uh, it it was a really quite back and forth game uh, in terms of uh, the scores and um, throughout the quarters. Um, but I mean, Dallas won the first quarter, 38, 34. Um, but then from there, the Clippers just kind of kept pulling it back, pulling it back. That third quarter really did kill them. Uh, 21, 13 uh, to the Clippers. Uh, that's really what gave uh, the Clippers that momentum. And then they finished off the fourth quarter, 31, 28. Um, so as I say, I'm going to leave off the, the Magic Bucks game uh, straight away. Um, got a special guest who's going to come on the show uh, and we're going we're gonna to talk that game. Uh, Miami Heat, uh, Indiana Pacers game one, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler. Awesome, absolutely awesome uh, performance by him. He was absolutely outstanding. There was some outstanding performances uh, on the other side as well. Um, Oladipo, uh, unfortunately, he just back from injury. Um, got poked in the eye um, he left the game and didn't return uh, which was a, a real shame because uh, it looked as though he was really uh, getting back into a rhythm uh, TJ Warren who has been pretty hot uh, in this um, bubble uh, managed to score 22 points as did Malcolm Brogdon uh, but it was Jimmy Buckets 28 points um, 53% from the field um, Bam Adebayo as well, he had a cracking game, a double double. Um, but Goran Dragic, the I mean, he's, he's pretty much an old man now. Um, he's, he's cracking on in years. Twenty four points, six rebounds, and five assists. Pretty outstanding game for him. Um, he's he's definitely, I would say, their second best player. And uh, they've got Tyler uh, Hero coming up. Um, they've got Bam, um, but Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic really doing it. Um, and doing a cracking job. Jay Crowder played a, a good role in that game as well. Um, on the Indiana side, like I say, Malcolm Brogdon, 22 points, 10 assists. Uh, his field goal percentage was really low, uh, 33%. Um, you would be looking for better from him. And if it had been better, the game would still have went to the heat, in my opinion, but it would have been a bit closer. Um, moving on to Oklahoma City Thunder. And the Rockets, 
that kind of went how I, I thought a game one would go. Um, it went all the way to the Rockets. There was never really any kind of worry from Houston um, in terms of, of winning this game. And in fact, they lost the fourth quarter, 25-19, but still won the game 123-108. So it was more than comfortable um, uh, for Houston. They did not have a problem um, in seeing off them. So James Harden scores 37 points. Uh, Eric Gordon with 21. And Jeff Green with 22. Uh, his three-point shooting uh, was pretty good, um, 42%. So he was uh, three for seven. Uh, pretty pretty decent. Um, James Harden was uh, six for 13 from three. So it was the three-pointers. I mean, that th- those all add up. Um, and, and it just wasn't enough for Chris Paul and the Oklahoma City Thunder to, to deal with. I mean, Chris Paul himself had, had 20 points. Daniel Gallinari, 29. Um, Stephen Adams, 17. Um, I think in previous years, he's he's not done too well point scoring-wise um, in the playoffs. Obviously, rebounding is his uh, forte. Um, Dennis Schroeder, I, I, I thought, is someone that would have done better, um, but he didn't. He really struggled. Um, three for 12, 25%. Not quite sure what's going on there. Uh, he had a good couple of years at Oklahoma, so I was really hoping that he would uh, manage that a lot better, but but obviously not. So um, we'll have to see see how that goes. Um, one of the big shocks wasn't a shock for me, but maybe in a shock for other people uh, was the Portland Trailblazers beat the Los Angeles Lakers a hundred to ninety three. Um, this was an absolute cracking game um dame lillard was all over it and the um lakers had nothing they had no answer really um it was all about dame time anthony davis came out after the game and basically said everything we did to lose the game was self-inflicted we only have our bench our bench is trying to make up for the crowd i don't know if that was a knock on the bench um but it certainly so he certainly felt like it. I know LeBron has mentioned in the past as well, uh, not having fans has, has made it hard for him to kind of get going. And it did very much look like um, the, the Trailblazers are in full flow and the Lakers were just kind of lagging behind. Um, and it just felt like, they, maybe because they've not had much to play for so far um, in the bubble and then all of a sudden they now have games to play for um, so we'll have to see how that one works out I really think game 2 is going to be very interesting um, there were some really big performances uh, right across the board uh, for Portland uh, Damian Lillard had 34 uh, CJ McCollum who remember has a broken back um, uh, scored 21 Nurkic um, and Camerlo Anthony had a double-double they both had um Points and rebounds, double-double. Uh, Camarillo had 11 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Nurkic had 18, uh, sorry, 16 points and 15 rebounds. So um, really, really good um, play. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., though, he was a guy that I've mentioned before on the podcast, someone that I was really hoping would, would take off. Um, sadly, um, he went two for eight um, from the field. Uh, one for four from three-point line. So he only managed five points, two rebounds after playing uh, 31 minutes. That, that was a bit of a shame. Um, he did really, really well in those seeding games. So I was really hoping that he was going to turn it on um, and be a real um, force off the bench. But uh, sadly not to be. Um, 
but there's always game two um, at the end of the day. So he's got that to look forward to. Obviously, the the big two on the Lakers, uh, Davis and, and Jay, LeBron James, they were, they were always going to be big in points and it was going to have to come down to the to the role players that that really helped them they really didn't help them at all Caruso had two points yeah JaVale McGee had six Contavious Caldwell Pope had one uh Danny Green had 10 which is pretty decent Dwight Howard had four and and the shooting percentages are pretty abysmal um as well so um they're they're gonna have to take a, a good long look at themselves um and, and come out for game two Guns are blazing because if they don't, the Trailblazers are just going to go right through them, um, and they're going to find themselves looking in to the bubble um, instead of looking out. So it was it was a good game to watch. Uh, to be perfectly honest, um, it was on pretty late, and um, so I watched uh, some highlights, and hopefully, um, game two uh, in a couple of days is just as good. Um, so what I'm going to do now is um, just going to take a, a short break and then I'm going to come back with my special guest for the Orlando Magic, Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, so I thought for the very last um, game uh, that we're going to review, um, especially a big one, uh, the, Ma- uh, the Orlando Magic and Milwaukee Bucks, um, I've got on a very special guest. So I'm joined by Mikey, who's one of the co-founders of Orlando Magic UK, uh, the UK fan group for Orlando Magic, obviously. Um, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Orlando Magic UK. They've also just started their own podcast, video cast, uh, called Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm guessing that's for Penny Hardaway, um, yeah. which you can find on YouTube. Um, and they've also recently uh, relaunched their website, orlandomagicuk.com, uh, where you can find all their links to podcasts and everything else. So welcome, Mikey, to the show. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me, mate. No problem. So I really wanted to get uh, one of you guys on the show uh, for the sole purpose of that was such uh, an epic win last night against uh, a number one seed that isn't just a number one seed, it's a number one seed with the MVP on it. Um, And you guys bossed it 122 to 110. Um, Other than Vucevic, who scored a mountain of points, he scored 35, he actually scored more uh, than Giannis. Um, what were the, the key kind of points for the game that, that really pushed the Magic over the edge? Uh, defensively, they uh, they took Yanis out of out of rhythm, really. That was the key thing to last night's win. He likes getting to the paint. He likes driving to the hoop. Um, and they really shut that off, which was, which was surprising to all of us, to be honest, because <laughs> without Aaron Gordon, who... Uh, who's been out injured. He got injured against Toronto in one of the seeding games. Uh, we haven't got Jonathan Isaac, who was a huge miss. He got, I don't know if you saw that, he got injured yeah, um, yeah. in his third game in his comeback from a knee injury and he's torn his ACL. Um, those two players are our best best defenders. They're our best big defenders. Um, and for those two guys to be out injured and to, all right, they, they, Giannis still put up 31 last night, but to hold hold him and stop him in his in his rhythm uh that was the key you, you stop the anis and then you're you're basically daring somebody else to try and beat you yeah and, step up. yeah and and nobody else really i mean george hill had 16 eric bledsoe had 15 apart from that they kept they kept the bucks pretty quiet to be honest um yeah i was i was looking at the the three point shots now one thing i noticed about Yanis was 
he did did seem to be forced to to take a few more mm-hmm. than he normally would. Yeah, he actually shot forty three percent from three. It's not bad, which isn't bad for him because he's. I mean, he's not Ben Simmons bad, um, but he's not like a prolific three point shooter. Um, but he, he obviously picked up nine of his thirty one points from three, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be tough for anyone. And um, one thing as well that stood out is his number of assists. Um, so he, he was obviously giving the ball up um, on, on occasion, um, and obviously he's rebounding. I mean, he, he rebounds like a like a center anyway. Yeah. Um, but one thing that that I noticed about Orlando was Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz, Fultz is a player that uh, in Philadelphia was squandered, and he had a lot of issues. Um, I think. It's been well documented that those those were probably more mental issues than physical issues, mm-hmm. uh, but they were being manifested as physical. Um, but wow, what a game he had! I mean, I watched um, a good bit. I didn't watch it all, to be fair, but I, I watched a good a bit of it. He shot fifty fifty four point five percent from the field. Uh, he ended the game with uh, fifteen points uh, and six assists. So for a role player to come in. Um, although he's a, he is obviously a starter, um, but as a kind of main role guy, um, that, that's going to kind of fill you with some kind of hope that, you know, the, the hype that he went with Philadelphia and then obviously fell, maybe it's, it's right to start to hype him up a bit more. Mm. To be honest, it's something we've seen from the beginning of the season. Um, obviously, we traded for him in, in uh, February last year and he didn't feature because he was... But the Magic wanted to take their time with him. They wanted to understand the shoulder injury that he was that he was going through, um, and they never really put a timeline on it. They've done that with a lot of play- young players that have, say have had a, a serious injury, um, and they kept it quiet all summer. They said there's no timeline for him, and then I think it was a week, maybe a few days before training camp back in in October, the Magic basically invited the media out and said. Here's Markel Fultz shooting jumpers and mm-hmm. looking like the player he was, or like the highlights you see on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so we knew he was going to be a, a a backup point guard to begin the season. DJ was going to carry on starting. Um, and it took five games before he shone that much that Steve Clifford couldn't hold back and he stuck him straight in the starting lineup. So... We've seen it from the beginning of the season, and he's had flashes of games like he did last night. Um, I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you watched the game against the Lakers back in January, but we no. were, uh, we had a lot of injuries out in that game, and uh, he he dominated it. He absolutely dominated it. Um, Fultz's strengths are getting to the hoop. He's a really good finisher around the rim. Um, he's got, he's really, really solid. He's, I think, he's in the top six in the NBA with uh, mid-range jumpers. Um, so it's a shot that you don't mind him taking. He's in that yeah. Demar Derozan category where that he's he's solid at that point. Uh, the three is something he needs to work on. Um, but and teams are going to dare him to take that. But yeah. his, his strengths about getting through, getting in the paint, which is mm-hmm. one of the things that I mean, we talked about it on our show. For the to beat the Bucks, you've got to be, you've got to be able to collapse collapse the defense and you've got to be able to get into the paint because they will dare you to shoot the three. They will try and clog that. So Fultz's ability to handle the ball and, and try and break down the Bucks D, um, that went a long way. And obviously the ball swings around to Vooch and you've got the pick and roll with him as well. 
Um, yeah, so no, Fultz had a really, really good game last night. It's not something we haven't seen already. Um, let's just hope he can follow it up again uh, tomorrow night in game two. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's he's definitely someone who was a big, big star coming out of college, fell, fell a bit flat in um, Philadelphia. And I've got to agree, uh, the way Philadelphia handled his situation uh, to the way that Orlando have handled his situation mm-hmm. has been night and day. Um, they had him out, Philadelphia had him out shooting in front of the media as well. And it was clear to the media then <laughs> that he just wasn't ready and he didn't yeah. look comfortable. Um, whereas I think you're right. I mean, I, it was a while back now. Um, I think I'd listened to Zach Lowe yeah. on ESPN and, and he said, Mark Elfkoltz is looking much better. Um, um, and, and what more could you ask for? Because um, what, what did you guys give up in that trade? From Marco. Oh, that was good. Uh, they gave up Jonathan Simmons, who just became a, a rotational player, and I think he, I don't even think he's in the NBA now. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I want to say it's a second round pick. Yeah, um, what, so, I think it was. Yeah, it was a late second round pick. So really, they gave up nothing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, which and it's weird because Jonathan for... Simmons was one of those young players that was benefiting from the Orlando. He kind of he was in in his first year. So they they signed him from uh, San Antonio. They signed him on a three year deal. Um, and the first year he was pretty solid, to be honest. And then last season, he just never really got going. I think he had an injury in the <laughs> uh, in the off season between his first and second year. And he, I think his, I think training camp he was a bit hampered with this injury, and he never really got going, and he just couldn't play catch up. Um, yeah. And the Magic played him, but it always felt like they were trying to force him back into the lineup to see what they could get from him rather than him really fitting in around what they were trying to do. Um, and yeah, and, th- and they managed to cash him in um, uh, and pick up faults. I mean, for for yeah. a guy who's only, what, this is his third year in the league and a former yeah. first round pick to get yeah. a late first, uh, sorry, a late second round pick and... and uh, and Jonathan, Jonathan Simmons, who's not even in the league anymore, is is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when the the trade happened, um, a lot of people were kind of like, mm, "Is this is this smart? Is this not smart?" But I think you're right. Like you say, the way the Orlando Magic have handled his situation yeah. has been perfect. And um, one thing that you, when you were talking about three pointers, yeah, he, he was one for four. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you had Vucevic, and as you say, just this whole zipping the ball round. Um, he was five from eight, so he was sixty-two percent from three, yeah. um, which is is massive, especially for a centre. I mean, we've seen three-point shooting centres before, Carl uh, Anthony Towns and such, but mm-hmm. he, he, when he gets in rhythm, Vucevic, he just nails them, um, which is good. And it's to something, see. and it's something that he's he's had to really work on because when he first came into the league, I remember his first few years with Orlando, he was a a back to the basket player, everything was a post up with him. So for him to be able to step out and shoot the three like he can is huge. I mean, he's, I mean, what's he shooting this year? He's 34% this year from three. Yeah. Um, which when you look back earlier, well, like I said, at the start of his career, he wasn't shooting threes at all. So <laughs> he's added that to his game. And to be honest, because we don't have, a huge amount of outside shooting. It's a it's a really big thing if if Vooch can uh, to 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 draw their big out of the paint 
opens up everything again it's it's a mix of faults being able to get into the paint but it's also Vooch being able to keep their center honest enough where he's got to step out and try and guard him and then obviously that opens up the whole floor then which is what we saw last night well I think what we're seeing now in the league is centers that can shoot threes and centers that can't shoot threes um and one one game I watched and, and for obvious reasons was the jazz nuggets the other night yeah um and Jokic can shoot threes uh, and and Gobert was just off. He he was still in the paint, and you've got Jokic outside shooting threes, yeah. um, which isn't going to win games. Um, so Jokic, Vucevic, um, those guys can really shoot threes, and so teams have to be wary. Um, you're, you, it's, it's strange because Brook Lopez um, and his brother Robin Robin um, yeah. can can shoot threes. Um, Brook especially. Um, so. It is. It's weird that the leagues went that way because I know when I started watching basketball and stuff, mm. you, your centre was a, a Shaquille O'Neal, yeah, uh, and he was a back to the back back um, player in the paint. He was never out of there, um, and that's just kind of the way basketball was back then. But yeah. it's becoming a, a one positioned game nowadays. Um, in terms of injuries, because I've spoken earlier in the podcast about the number of injuries um, within the bubble, yeah. um, even that have just happened to bubble. There's been quite a lot and a lot of starters uh, on teams have left the bubble, gone, had surgery and everything else. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, who you mentioned earlier, um, he is out for the season. Mobamba's out for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Aaron Gordon, he's listed as a, a game time decision, um, although he didn't play game one. Um, Michael Carter-Williams as well, uh, another game time decision. Um, is it likely that we'll see Aaron Gordon in the first round? Um, I think we'll definitely see him in the first round. They were hopeful that he was going to come back tomorrow night against uh, for game two. Uh, but reading some of the updates this afternoon, he's been playing two on two today and they're basically going to see how his hamstring feels tomorrow morning before they make a decision. So I think it's still a bit 50-50 whether he's going to play tomorrow night. Um you're going to need him because you know the Bucks are going to come out with yes. fire tomorrow night. So you need all the you need all the bodies you could possibly possibly put on Yanis, don't you? Yeah. Uh, especially if you can get you into foul trouble, um, you need to find a way of spreading that out. I mean, like I said, without Gordon, without Jonathan Isaac, we've given up so much length. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got players like Gary Clark who stepped in last night. Um. And and they like I said they just managed to put them off put them off his stride and that's what they got to try and do again tomorrow. So looking ahead uh, to to that game uh, tomorrow night, so UK time that's on at eleven pm uh, for everyone. Um, looking ahead to that though, and and what we've seen uh, so far in the bubble, um, teams like the Magic, teams like Portland, Phoenix, those teams seemed to really go at it. In those seeding games, whereas the Bucks had nothing to play for, so really the Bucks probably never actually got up to full speed um, in the bubble seeding wise. Um, could it be that Orlando could upset Milwaukee for that reason? Orlando are up to full speed, whereas the Bucks are maybe going to take a, a couple of games to actually get there. 
I'm I'm going to quote uh, Rich DeVos, who was the late owner of the Magic in the in the 90s. One of his quotes was, "Why not us? Why not now?" <laughs> and I jokingly tweeted that out last night, uh, not expecting to to beat the Bucks the way we did. Um, oh, so you did it before the game? Oh, I did that before the game. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. I wasn't quite expecting the result, but there we go. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a stat. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but there's only I think it was f- there's only five or six times it's happened since the seventies that a eighth seed has beaten a f- is a has beaten a top seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and two of those occasions have been in shortened seasons. So there was the lockout in I think it was twenty eleven. And I can't, the other dates uh, I've lost off the top of my head, but there's basically been two lockout seasons in both those years. An eighth seed has beaten a first seed in what you'd call unusual circumstances. And we're in one of those times now. We are certainly, yeah. Um, so is it a possibility? Yes. Are we still, do we still think we can? Mm, maybe not. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to give you a stat that go for it. Might, might kind of put you on your back foot a little. Um, so back in 2003, so obviously I spoke earlier in the pod about the Portland Trailblazers beating the Lakers. So for the first time since 2003, the eight seeds have beaten the number one seeds uh, in the first game. Now, the way that that went was, funnily enough, the eighth seed in the East at that time was the Orlando Magic. Yeah, yeah. And they were playing the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Now, Orlando won game one, and actually they forced a game seven, but it went to Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix did it against San Antonio in the West. Um, that series, well, that was pretty much San Antonio's year. Um, so they, they won out that series in the end 4-2. Um, in fact, what was really weird about that that playoff is that San Antonio won every series 4-2. Crazy, so every, every series went six games, all the way <laughs> to the finals against New Jersey. So, um just the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. It's 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 a really difficult thing to to predict, really, isn't it? I mean, on paper, you you would expect Milwaukee to to sweep us. Let's be honest, but everyone's playing on on a neutral court, and there's a really good point. I don't know if you've watched uh, Inside the NBA from uh, last night, and Charles had a really good point that when you look at the eight seeding games, I mean, Milwaukee weren't playing for anything, were they? No, no. And he said. The games w- didn't matter. Sorry, no. It was what was this quote? Um, they, they didn't count, but the games still mattered. You're still trying to get that preparation in, ready for the playoffs, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and I mean, look, we've been in this situation before. We were here last year with when we played Toronto. Mm-hmm. We stole game one, um, and then game two we got blown out. Um, and then um, I, we went. We actually flew over for games three and four for the for the first round against oh, Toronto wow. last year. We were there. Um, we can talk about that later. But um, yeah, so we we've seen it. We've stole a game. We woke up the sleeping giant, and then we knew about it for four more games. <laughs> um, this might be slightly differently because when we beat Toronto last year on the road in game one we had a few things go our way down the stretch a couple of missed shots that were easy, that were very makeable um i think there was a turnover and a couple of other things that went our way and it just it just gave us the opportunity to mm-hmm. try and win the game right at the end um whereas the way we won last night was very different i mean we we led for most of the game 
Um, we had, I think it was, I think we led by as much as 17 or 18 at one point. Um, and it was very un-magic-like. So <laughs> when uh, Milwaukee cut the lead to one in the third quarter, because we come out slow, usually, I've, we've seen it all season, when the magic let lead slip, they very rarely recover from that. And they answered with it and they quickly got back to a double digit lead. And then they really kept the bucks at arm length. It never felt, you never felt confident <laughs> even when they're up by double <laughs> yeah. digits because you know, they can, they're capable of going on a run whenever they wanted. But um, yeah, it was a very, it was a bit of a different winter Toronto last year, to be honest. And I think the, the whole bubble that they're in probably, uh, and the the seeding games and this has been an unprecedented kind of season um, yeah. of, of of sport, not just basketball, um, but of all sports. So, um, but it's really good to see Orlando do well. Um, they are a team I remember as a youth watching Penny Hardaway and watching yeah. uh, Shaq and Nick Anderson and all those guys um, winning titles back to well, trying to win titles. Um, they they couldn't quite do it against the Houston Rockets um, back in the nineties, but. Um, they were certainly a, a team that were, were on a rise back then. And it looks as though the last few years especially, they've really been uh, pushing hard for playoffs, building a good squad. And, and and it's actually felt quite frustrating as well at the same time, which which is crazy when you think we've just made the playoffs two years in a row. Yeah, But we've, I mean, Jeff, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond, who's, who run the Magic front office, all of the first round picks that they've drafted. So you got Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, you got Chuma Akiki, who they drafted last year, who hasn't even played a game yet. Yeah. None none of these guys have even featured for us in a playoff game. Um or or, or Bamba has certainly hasn't and, and nor's Akiki, but and Isaac's not going to play this year. So yeah. we've we've got the young pieces there to build this team for, but it's it feels very stop start. You feel like they're building a bit of momentum. And then an injury happens, um, but that's that's the way get, that's the way the game goes, isn't yeah, it? That is, that's exactly right. So what I'll do is I'll get you out on this then. Um, so I asked you for your top five uh, movies. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, if you listened to the show last week, I um, mentioned that my way uh, when Joe said A League of Their Own uh, was his, I think it was his fourth film. Um, I said, yeah, my wife likes that, but it'd probably be the only film, sports <laughs> film that she likes. So I got a bit of jip for that. So <laughs> what I'm gonna do. Last week, I went against Joe with my top five, so everyone knows them already. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you, uh, Rachel, my wife's um, top five against yours. Mm -hmm. um, but I shall allow you to, to go first. Um, so what would be your number five? Number five. I've actually got six, and I can't decide. <laughs> um, go, go, go for a split of five, then. Go all right. Both of them. Um, uh, let's go five. We'll go with Space Jam. Space Jam, okay. Uh, so that's an obvious one. Uh, for, it's not a great film, movies. but it's one of those films yeah. that gets you into the game, isn't it? So it is. I think it's good for kids. Absolutely, because they, they see their cartoon characters and stuff. I know my I've got younger kids and, and they enjoy it. So um, number five for Rachel, um, she had Cool Runnings. Mm -hmm. um, she loved the the bobsleigh. and the, I think she enjoyed the comedy. Feel the rhythm. Feel yes, right. Feel the rhythm. <laughs> Um, so I think she enjoyed that and obviously it's a, it's a true story as well and what did you have for your number four uh, which way we're going to go with this 
Um, I'm gonna go Ali. Ali, okay. So you went boxing. Um, any particular reason? Uh, I no, I, don't, I just I, I'm I'm not a huge boxing fan, but it's just one mm. of those films that again, it's the you got the true story behind the whole Muhammad Ali the way yeah the way he was the way he was brought up and the things that he had to he was faced with and all the adversity and all that sort of stuff so no that's cool that's a good film so i love the ali story um i don't love that film. i don't love the film but it's the story behind it that's yeah, more yeah. to do with it i suppose yeah I'm, I'm all right we can so, swap that one out then we'll go with uh he got game <laughs> He got game, okay. Go. Uh, not, not, <laughs> nothing wrong with that one at all. Um, right, so uh, Rachel's number four. This might be a surprise to, to some. It's Any Given Sunday. Yep, that's good. That's uh, good so in American football. Yep. Um, actually left off in the top five. It came close, but didn't quite make it. Um, what was your number three? Uh, white Men Can't Jump. Yep, so last week I had that as my number five. Um, exceptionally good basketball movie. Very fun. Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson. Um, Rachel had The Blind Side. Uh, another American football film. Yep. Um, about a tight end, or a guy that ends up being a tight end. Um, another true story um, for the Tennessee Titans. Um, he's no longer in the league, I believe, Michael Orr. Um, bit of a, so. a, a yeah. short career. Yeah, But then American football players, I think the average is three-year career, so um, it doesn't tend to be a very long career. Um, what was your number two? Uh, Rocky. Rocky, yeah. Uh, another boxing one, but uh, and obviously it's not a true story, um, but I think even when I was younger, it was one that pulls at the heartstrings. I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched all the Rocky films. If you want to go, if you want to have a good workout, you watch a Rocky film the night before, don't you? <laughs> Definitely agree with that. Um, so Rachel's number two was "Show Me the Money," Jerry Maguire. Okay. Um, she loved that film, um, and and we have watched it numerous, numerous times as well. So I'm a big fan of it as well. Um, and what was your number one? Uh, my number one is Coach Carter. Coach Carter. Um, that was a great film, and it would have made my top ten um, had I done one. But yeah, Coach Car um, was a, a cracking film, a, a true story as well, or based on a true story. Um, and I think it was good because it wasn't like a, a glorified basketball movie. No. It was more of a gritty kind of real life feel to it as well. Um, Rachel's was, and this is probably by no surprise whatsoever, a league of their own. <laughs> um, <laughs> picking out the, the baseball film there. Um, so um, thank you so much for joining me on the show, Mike. You're welcome. Uh, is there anything, anything you want to plug? Go for uh, it. So uh, we've obviously, we've just relaunched our website. So you can check out, uh, we've been putting up regular content on our website with different articles and uh, game previews and, and things like that on there. Um, we've uh, teamed up with the NBA Store and Fanatics UK. Um, so if you go to our website, we've got links on there to that. Um, and if you put the, uh, discount code magic UK 10 in the checkout at the end, you get 10% off hundreds wow. of items across the store on top of stuff that's already discounted. There are some that are excluded. Um, but yeah, you can get discounts on all sorts of stuff on there. 
Um, like you said earlier, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Orlando Magic UK. And if you want to check out our, our new show, Penny for Your Thoughts, uh, you can find that on our YouTube channel. Awesome. Well, like I say, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and uh, I think we'll have to have you back on because um, I've got a good feeling that Orlando are going to going to do quite well in this playoffs. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll see. We might get another game. Yes. I think I think more than one. But thanks so much for joining nice me. Thanks, James. Okay, so we've got a bit of bonus uh, content for you right now. So I have Ben uh, on the show all the way from Utah. Um, so unfortunately, because I've been doing my podcast this evening, I've not had a chance to watch the Utah Jazz and Denver Nuggets game. That has just finished 124-105 to the Jazz. So what won it for us, Ben? I think really it came down to, uh, to to Mitchell not having to do the scoring all by himself. Instead, the strategy kind of shifted over to him getting everybody else involved. You got Royce O'Neal involved early, who who made a huge impact, of course, Jordan Clarkson. And and they played as a team, and that was a difference maker to me. It wasn't just the Donovan Mitchell show. It was everybody involved. Everybody showed up and played as a team, and, and that won it for us. Well, what I, th- I noticed about the box score um, is that we had four guys in double digits uh, and points, um, whereas Denver had two. Well, they had three, technically. If you had Jamal Murray had 14. But Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic um, had... 28 each um, so they did the bulk of their scoring Monty Morris did actually come in with 10 in the end um, but yeah it was very lacklustre I mean Tory Craig, Craig had none Paul Millsap had 5 um, Mason Plumley had none um, and he played 12 minutes um, so you would expect playing 12 minutes you're going to get something at least um, but it does seem when you go through the Jazz box score um, you know you've got Rudy Gobert Joe Ingles, Donovan, um, Jordan Clarkson, twenty-six points. I mean, that's that's a good good amount of points from him. Because did he, he did he come off the bench tonight? Yeah, yeah, he did, and, and he impressed off the bench. And I, I think you're seeing guys like Tuan Morgan come out showing a lot of promise off the bench. It, it's it's just a different a, a different team than we saw last game. Um, yeah, because la- yeah, because last game wasn't great by any any stretch, um, and I think we were probably lucky to to keep in as much as we did uh, to that game up until the end. Um, but great to see Royce O'Neal playing lots of minutes, um, getting lots of stats. He he shot seventy five percent from the field. Um, we got oh, Rudy, yeah. Rudy Gobert seventy, uh, Donovan Mitchell seventy one. I mean, with those kind of percentages, you can't really lose, can you? No, and it's funny, too. It's, it's like Jazz have this, you know, outside of Mitchell, have this rough shooting game last, last game. And, of course, that even with, a, even with record stats, we still lost. And then you see a game like this where you know Quinn went back to practice after that last game. It was like, listen, all we're going to do is shoot the ball and make sure that by game time today, you know, we're going to be shooting fireballs. And they did just that. And they showed up and it won us a game. Awesome. So moving on to Friday. Uh, which is our our next game now that's 9 p.m uh, here in the uk so it's probably kind of mid-afternoon out in utah and um, what, what are we expecting for for that game which is technically our home game as well it is so calmly 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 i, I think we can expect the game to be hyper intense you know the series is tied one to one both these teams coming off you know uh, you know good wins competitive wins 
And, and now we have the X factor returning, which is, is Mike Conley. And so I think that's, in my belief, going to give us the edge over Denver, but they are going to come out swinging for the fences. So Mike Conley, for people who don't know, um, left the Orlando bubble uh, to go and be with the, his wife as she was giving birth to his son, Elijah. Um, he has returned to the bubble, I think probably just about two days after. Um, the health and safety protocol that stipulates that the player must quarantine for four days at the resort um, and continue to have negative tests for COVID-19 before he'll be fully cleared to play. So the hope is very much that he's available for, for game three. I did see um, the Denver Nuggets put something out that he wouldn't be available for game three because game three would be his fourth day. Um, as it's the afternoon, might he or should he get away with that? I think he's going to. I've heard nothing about him. In fact, the, the announcers on, on the broadcast today were saying how he would, in fact, be back on, on Friday and how, and how that makes Utah a, a scary team for Denver. So uh, by all accounts, it sounds like we have him back. Well, for me, I mean, that's, that's, that's great news because, I mean, he's a double-digit scorer as well. Um, and again, it's taken that bit, bit more pressure away from Donovan so that he can kind of just do his thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll take the pressure off Donovan. Let him let him do it. You know, he's, he's a buckets guy. He's going to go out there and get Donovan type points every single night. Um, you know, and then our other guys, you know, Royce, uh, of course, Ingles and Clarkson have all stepped up. And now we have a fourth in, in, uh, in, in another all-star type player in, in um, Conley. So if I'm Denver, I, I am worried. I mean, like I said, they're going to bring a fight, but we've got some some pretty threatening pieces coming their way. We certainly do, and we will certainly be looking forward to that game. Thank you so much for joining me, Ben, all the way from Utah. Hey, anytime. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Buddy. Well, thank you so much again for listening to another episode of Across the Pond. Great to have uh, you listening and keep the, the feedback and uh, the comments coming in uh, on social media. Um, across the pond on Facebook, um, on Twitter at ATP Sports Pod, um, and email as well, ATP at cjd.me.uk. Uh, remember, we've got the Fantasy Football League uh, starting up, um, so you can click on the link. I'll refresh those for you. Um, so you can click on the links on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, big thank you very much to Mikey for coming on the show and um, talking Orlando Magic Basketball. Um, it's been a great show. Um, hope you've enjoyed it and um, we'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.